Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. And maybe on the fourth Sunday, they can just do like a full-on all-Christmas set. I would love that. So um, anyways, but we're excited about Christmas um, everything with that. But you know the sad thing for me is, is that in 24 days, it's all over. Actually, in 25 days. 24 days till Christmas, but in 25 days, it's all over. Isn't that heartbreaking? So, like, there's this weird anticipation for me because I love Christmas. I want it to come, but I don't want it to come because I don't want it to leave, right? You understand what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like when I was a kid, I was so excited about Christmas, but then when Christmas morning came and I opened all my presents and I was like, oh no, 365 days till we get to do this again. That's too far away. I'm really sad. Like it, it wears off really, really quick. Is that, is anybody like that? Anybody? A couple of people are like that. My point is, is to enjoy the season. Don't let it rush don't get in a hurry, but just enjoy the season, enjoy the moments, and get ready because as quickly as it's here, it's over, isn't it? Like as quickly as it comes, it disappears, and it's over. That season has passed. I think about in my life, I think about my, my uh, Christmas traditions growing up, and my mom is here today. She leaves back tomorrow. Uh, man, why do I always have to do that? All right, I'm, this, is, this is my one cry for the day. That's it. I'm already, that's it. That's my one tear up for the day. I won't cry anymore today. That's it. That's it. Uh, but my mom's here, and she's such a blessing, such a blessing to my family. Um, she's been here for a couple of weeks helping out and spending Thanksgiving with us and away from my dad, even, even as hard as that is. But uh, she gets to head home uh, tomorrow back to Belize to be with uh, where my dad is. Um, but I think about our traditions. I think about, first of all, I think about Mexican food on Christmas Eve. That's our tradition. Enchiladas, chicken enchiladas with the sour cream sauce. That's something that my mom makes. It's a favorite of all of uh, my family, my brothers and I especially. Uh, that's a tradition we always do. No presents till Christmas Day. Anybody like that? It, you, you, you're like that you know, no presents, like no early opens, like you have to go to bed and try to fall asleep on Christmas Eve. It's impossible. Stop that, man. Like break that tradition. But that was us. That was our tradition. Quiche, quiche on Christmas morning, uh, turkey on, on uh, Christmas day, and ride your bike or play your Nintendo until your eyes fall out. Like that's what you do. Like if that was the game or that was the toy that you got. I remember when I was in third grade, that was in 1988, I got the new NES. I don't know how old you guys are, but in, in, uh, in 1988, that was the game. That was the stuff. A couple of y'all are my age. A couple of y'all are like, what is that big old ugly box, right? 1988. The problem was is Christmas came on a Sunday on that particular year, and I was like, Man, guess what I had to do on Christmas morning? I had to go to church. Ah, oh, what a terrible thing to have to do. I have no idea what the preacher preached that. I'm sure he said something about baby Jesus. But, uh, man, I wanted to be playing my video game. That, I, was, I found that picture, and while I was looking for that picture, you know, um, those things were like 100 bucks back in the day, which is a huge sacrifice for my family back in the day. 17000 on eBay. You can buy it now. To buy it now price, $17,499 in the box. So if anybody wants that, um, <laughs> I, got some, I got something else I'll sell you uh, as well. But uh, that's what it is. <laughs> but as Christians, 
Tradition is good. It's not everything, but it's good. Christmas, though, is more than just tradition. It's more than hot cocoa and mistletoe. It's more than the Santa Claus and the Christmas lights. It's even more than just looking back to Jesus' birth. There's another tradition in our family, and millions of families for hundreds of years have done this tradition, and this is the tradition of Advent. Anybody ever heard of Advent before? Maybe a few of you have heard of Advent. Um, we've done it many years in our family, and, and it was part of, of uh, our growing up. And I'm going to put an Advent um, reading schedule for you on Facebook and Instagram. We're going to get that online so that you can, if you would like, you can, you can follow along with us through the 25 days leading up to Christmas. And you can read those verses as a family or individually um, for Advent, the Sundays leading up to Christmas. But the Advent season was a special thing in my life, and the, 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 the Advent candles, which represent several different things, and, and uh, maybe in church in the past, in years past, you've, you've seen something like this, where they light the candle that represents the different Sundays, the hope candle, or the, also known as the prophet's candle, the, the faith candle, or also known as the Bethlehem candle, the joy candle, which is also the shepherd's candle, and the peace candle, which was the angel candle, and right in the middle. Christmas Eve is the, anybody know it? Christ candle, the Christ candle, right? And there are variations to this, but this was part of my tradition. This is part of my growing up, and this is something that I'm very um, aware of and familiar with and special to me. And, and I want to kind of just introduce it to you as we start this series. Advent is, uh, the definition of Advent is arrival. So the first Advent is the arrival of or the birth of Jesus. That was the, the advent as we know it from, you know, the birth of Jesus with Mary and Joseph and the stable and the hay and the three wise men and all of that, right? Uh, not really three, but we'll get to that maybe at some point. That was the incarnation. That was in John chapter 1 where it says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That, that's when Jesus came from heaven to earth, born of a virgin, born to a woman, and he became fully God, but also fully man. And the prophets, these messengers of God of the Old Testament, foretold of this birth of Christ. The Old Testament, which was divided into several sections, the Torah, the historical writings, the poetic writings, the prophecy, the major and minor prophets, all of these things were, were a, a part of our, our uh you know, scriptural tradition, even before Jesus was born. In fact, the, the Israelites, the children of God, had been hearing about this prophecy of a Savior that was going to come some 450 years before the birth of Christ, with over 300 different prophecies in the Old Testament. You know, the odds, they've done some mathematical calculations on this, the odds of these prophecies being fulfilled in one person 450 years before, the odds of just one person doing eight of these 300 prophecies 450 years before, one, in, in, uh, one person doing that, the odds are one in 100, I'm sorry, I don't even know what that number is. Like 100,000 trillion is the closest thing I could come up with, unless zillion's a number, I don't know. But the odds of just one man, 450 years, all of those prophecies, I mean, just eight of those prophecies coming true, one in 100,000 trillion. 
But it wasn't just eight. It was 300. Here's a sampling of some of those prophecies that were fulfilled in Jesus from the Old Testament some 450 years before. He was born in Bethlehem. He would be born of a virgin. There would be a triumphal entry on two donkeys. I mean, imagine how specific that was, and there's historical account of that. He would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. He would be crucified with his pierced hands and feet. All of these things and many, many more, 290 plus more prophecies fulfilled in the man Jesus. So we celebrate that Advent. We celebrate the arrival of Jesus. But actually, Advent is more than that. There is a second Advent. And I don't know if you knew this, but I'm hoping that I'm teaching you something. If not, there's this second arrival. Um, and, And if anything, this is old because this is also prophesied about. If anything, this is something that has yet to come, but it was written 2,450 years ago before Jesus and, and even before that. And we love to, and we love to celebrate baby Jesus, like Ricky Bobby, who likes to pray to baby Jesus, right? That's who he likes to, to think about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, never mind. But like, there's more to it than that. It's one of those, wait, there's more. There's more to Christmas than just baby Jesus. Advent is an eager expectation and an active waiting. It's this thing that we do where we are eagerly excited as if it was Christmas coming again. Um, But not just like, you know, hesitantly waiting. Like it's actively waiting and actively expecting that God is going to do something. So the readings of the Advent verses that you're going to be seeing leading up to Christmas Day will focus on Christ's coming, not just his first coming, but his second coming. And you'll see that if you follow along in those readings uh, that, like I said, we will be posting on social media. Here's the text this morning. It's in 2 Peter chapter 3. With all of that being said, that being your context, that being why we're talking about this, This is why you're not hearing a message that comes out of the Gospel of Luke or the Gospel of Matthew about baby Jesus. 2 Peter chapter 3. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you, and I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. thinking. In other words, I need you to get your mind right. If, If you're not there yet, let's do it right now. Get your mind right. I'm writing this letter to get your mind right. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. In other words, we can look back hundreds of years so that we can look ahead. In other words, hey, stop for a minute. Think about what was said before so that we can look ahead to what's going to come in the days in front of us. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. In other words, scoffers are going to scoff, and you can't do anything about it. That's just the way life is. And people are following evil. Let me just tell you how evil the world is. Mikey's out there selling Christmas trees, working his hardest out in the hot sun with several other volunteers, Norma and Jim and a few others, and they have a display tree out on the road just past the fence, just a, a 50 feet away from the stand, but just so that it can gain, gain attention and try to get some people to buy a tree. And a guy pulls up, literally knowing that the sign says that it's for sale, literally knowing it's in front of a church, literally knowing it's going to help missions, and the guy pulls up and he tries to load it in his truck. Like, that's how evil the world is. He literally wanted to steal it. Mike's dad, Mikey's dad had to yell and say, hey, man, that's not free. 
And the guy literally takes it out of his truck and he throws it on the ground. That's the world we live in. Yeah, it just makes you, I know you're not laughing. You're just like, you were like I was at first. I, I have to laugh now. But that's how evil the world is, right? And they'll say, where is this coming? The, 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 the scoffers are going to scoff. Where is this coming? Like we've been hearing about this coming for 2,000 years, ever since our ancestors died. And everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. I just had that this Wednesday. I just was talking to a friend of mine who's not doing well. He's had some kidney problems, all kinds of health issues. And I'm saying, Miss, listen, guy, you need to make your thing, stuff right with God. You need to get right with God. He's like, Trevor, I just don't believe in that stuff. Like, they've been talking about that for thousands of years. And what has happened? And I'm like, you're preaching my sermon, man. You're preaching my message. But you've got to get your heart right. And that's what people are going to say. And they deliberately forget, verse 5, that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being, and the earth was formed out of water and by water. And by these waters also the flood of that time was deluged and destroyed. The world had been destroyed by flood. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Scary, this is, but it won't come by flood. I mean, this isn't the way it's going to happen. That's the promise even of the rainbow in Genesis chapter 9, verse 15, if you want to look it up. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. How many of you thank God that he is patient with you? Aren't you, aren't you glad? Amen. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? Peter's telling him. You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. I think I'm going to stop at that verse. Verse 14. I'll read 15. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. So Peter's just kind of reaffirming what the, the apostle Paul had written because these men were working together for the gospel. And I, I want to give you a few application points from this message as we kind of get ready for Christmas, we get ready for Advent, and we think about not just Jesus' coming 2,000 years ago, but Jesus' returning in our lives someday in the near future. I don't know when it is, I don't know how it will come, but I just know that Jesus is coming. And I'm not preaching eschatology in such a way to say the signs are saying that he will come by this day or this year because the Bible says no one knows the day. No one knows the hour, but let me just tell you this. Jesus is going to come in your life. He's going to come back at a time when you don't know whether it's for the whole world or just for you. He will come, and you have to be ready. So this is important that we talk about this even at Christmas time. Number one is, is to get your mind right. Because Jesus is coming, get your mind right. 
I want to stimulate you, as Peter says, I want to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. Like whatever you, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, think on these things, the scripture says. And I want to ask you, what are you thinking on this season? Get your mind right. Second thing that I want you to do is keep in mind that scoffers are going to scoff. Scoffers are going to scoff. In this day and age, people are going to look at you and they're going to say, (laughs) really, Jesus? You know, you're a Christian? You read the Bible? You go to church? You give to the church? (laughs) Seriously? Scoffers are going to scoff. They're going to do what they do. And they've been doing it for 2,000 years, so don't be surprised when they do. Don't be like, whoa. Peter was telling those people, just as he's telling us, hey, this is just part of life. And the third thing is, is evil is inevitable. Evil is inevitable. Like, as, as I mentioned before, this is just the way in which we live. Even when you're selling Christmas trees for a cause, this is going to happen. So just... Live in it. Deal with it. I'm not encouraging anybody to move to Montana and try to like separate yourself from the world. It, it's great for some people, but hey, there's got to be somebody here. Got to be somebody that's, that's being enlightened and example for the people here in, in, in Miami. So yes, it's inevitable, and yes, it's miserable, and yes, sometimes it's, it's just depressing seeing what you see on the news or hearing what you hear about, but Let's, let's just keep going because the Lord will return. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is, is coming back. I love the fact that God is not slow, as we read in that, that um, previous passage. That God is not slow. Instead, he's patient. And aren't you glad that when you're thinking to yourself, man, this, this just, I wish God would hurry up. Like, it's, it's time. Like, he's not slow. He's patient with you. If I'm honest with you, there are times when um, I've wanted him to come back. When I see stuff on the news, and I'm not just talking about the, the stuff that everybody complains about. Like, I, I, I'm talking about the, the, the worst of the worst, where it makes me think evil thoughts. I, just, I was just watching a video here the other day of this person that abducted a child. And, and they, they, they had a video cam, like a, a, a what is that called? The body, body camera. As they were breaking into the house, and, and this man had this child in his hotel, and, and, and she was scared to death. Like, I, I, I thought the worst thoughts I could ever think towards that man. And I want God to come back because of that. Like I want him to bring a fire because of that. Like I know we love grace and I preach grace and I believe in grace. It's not by works that we're saved. Trust me when I tell you I'm a grace preacher. But I want something to happen sometimes. I want some justice to happen sometimes when I see some stuff like that. And I'm like, God, if you would just bring your new heaven and your new earth, I'll be ready and I'll be waiting and I'll be thankful. Because some of that stuff is just, 
man, it's just too far. And I don't understand God's timing. I don't understand why he does what he does, but he's not slow. He's patient. Did anybody, did anybody microwave a turkey on Thursday? Anybody? How did that turn out if you did? I know some of y'all, I, I had a couple of them on uh, 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 a few days before, but some of y'all boiled the turkey. What is that called? Um, I just forgot what it's called. What's it called? Fried a turkey, deep fried a turkey. That's pretty quick. But like, seriously, like the, the best way to make a turkey is slow and steady. Let that thing cook through. Microwavable, like getting in a hurry doesn't work. So don't judge God by your calendar. Tim Keller a well-known pastor in New York City writes this. He says, you cannot judge God by your calendar. God may, be appear, may appear to be slow, but he never forgets his promises. He may seem to be working very slowly or even to be forgetting his promises. But when his promises come true, and they will come true, they always burst the banks of what you imagined. God's grace virtually never operates on our time frame, on the schedule that we consider reasonable. Please come on back, man. It just doesn't happen that way. God's timing is perfect, but it's not ours. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows when he's doing it, and we have to trust him in the midst of that. So as we start the series, as we begin Merry Renew Christmas, and we continue for the next three weeks, uh, I ask you this question. Are you ready? Are you ready? Not for your Christmas lists, Not to have all the parties and got your outfits and ugly sweaters and everything like that. Are you ready? Not for just Christmas and the tradition of that, but are you ready for Christ's return? Are you ready for what Christ wants to do? If not, what better time, what better opportunity than this season, even this day, even this moment to get ready? It would be amazing if all of us would live in such a way that we truly believed that Jesus was coming today. Wouldn't it? Like, if you knew, if I could, like, give you that calendar and I could say, hey, listen, seriously, 4 p.m. today, don't be doing anything stupid. Because <laughs> he's coming at the time and get it right. Wouldn't, wouldn't you, like... Put a like a, an iron suit on, you know, like you, you would just put on whatever. I don't know if I wouldn't actually forget that part because I don't dress like that. But I would do certain things probably. And that's my fault. I, I shouldn't do that. I, every day I should be living as if Jesus was coming today. Jesus is coming. I don't know exactly when, I don't know exactly how. Like I've had this conversation with my daughters, especially my older one, several times. And this heaven thing is kind of like, she's a little nervous about it right now. For whatever reason, she's kind of going through this stage where she's like, I don't really understand it. What's heaven? Is it like the movies with the clouds and the, 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 you know, you're floating up there with angels and harps and stuff? And I said, no, honey, I don't think so. 
Like, that's not my understanding. I, I'm, I'm imagining this new heaven and new earth, and, and, and I'm imagining more like Genesis. I'm imagining more like the beginning. You know, if you go back into the creation account and you just see how, like, everything was together and, and perfect. And we got to eat, and we, we um, you know, there was, there was emotion, and there was, there was good. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited about that. For now, we live in a, a world where people steal Christmas trees from churches. But let's, let's live in such a way as if Jesus was coming back and let's do everything that we can in our power to bring heaven to earth to make Miami start to look like heaven even before it does. Even before it, 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 that, that great exchange happens, even before that whole whatever it's going to be takes place. What if we did that? What if he lived in such a way that, like we just said, man, until Miami looks like heaven. The day before he was assassinated, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. gave a, a prophetic sermon in which he described having the hope of knowing the future that God had for his people. And he admitted that he may not make it himself, but because of his future hope, he was still motivated to do the work that he was doing. The next day he was assassinated the next day he was killed. And he longed for Jesus to come and he longed for Jesus to make all things right. And it, But it wasn't a passive longing. Like it wasn't just kind of one of those things where he sits on his hands and he's just like, oh well, God's going to come back and he'll take care of those people and he'll make the wrongs right. No, he literally pounded his fist. He literally raised his voice. He literally marched on the streets. It was a waiting, but it was an active waiting. Do you see that? So what I'm asking you to do is, is to not just be frustrated at the guy with the Christmas tree and be like, this, this city stinks. I'm done. But that we would do something. Right? That we would do something. Knowing with eager expectation and active waiting that Jesus is coming back. The expectation drove Dr. King to risk his life for the future hope that he had. And we don't know when the Lord will return for the whole world, but I can't take for granted that he might come back even for me today. Even if he doesn't come back for everybody. I need to live in such a way that I'm like, God, maybe you're not going to come for the whole world, but if you come for me today, if today's my day, and believe it or not, we all have a day ordained don't know when it is you've seen it you've you've experienced it family members friends loved ones neighbors co-workers you've seen it and you know the Christ has returned for his people and it may be today so live in such a way that he's coming back so how do you do that practical applications and start loving on people start loving on people start talking to people start start changing the culture 
where everybody says you get north of Palm Beach County and people talk to you when you talk to them. People smile at you when you smile at them. Change the culture now. Like start smiling at people when they, before they smile at you. And even if they don't, like scoffers are gonna scoff. It's gonna happen. Like do the things that you can do to show love, to show Christ, to show grace, to show everything that you have in spite of how evil, inevitably evil this world is. Do it. Show love. Get involved. Get involved. Be a part of this mission. Renew Church is leading people to renew lives in Christ. That's our mission. And we have all kinds of things that we talk about and all of our core values that we, we preach on. And I, I'll talk about it in the library today on the, right after the service. And we're having Papa John, so I'm hungry. So come with me if you want to come and have a slice of pizza and hear the, the, our core values. Do that today. Uh, get involved. Uh, hear a vision. Jo- join the Renew crew. Get involved. Get plugged in in the life of this church. We talk about knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose. That's this element. Discovering purpose. Finding out what your special, specific spiritual gifts are so that you can make a difference. We want you to discover purpose so you can make a difference. Be involved in the life of the church. And man, just like change your mindset. Like stimulate your thinking. Yes, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the stuff that the world is doing and getting frustrated and just following the media or following the news or just becoming this like uh, melancholy, negative, like the world is bad and, and there's no reason to even try. But that's not the way to live. Like change it. Just change your mindset. Let's be different. The worship team's coming up. It's 1140. We're going to sing a song. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the message um, by coming forward. And uh, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask some of my, my if, if you're in leadership of any kind, if you're in, involved in the crew, like, I want you to step forward. Make this like an active move. You know what I'm saying? Like where you're, you're saying, yes, Lord, not from your chair, but literally coming forward and saying, God, do something in me. And if you don't want him to, then stay where you're at. You know, don't do it. Or if you're not comfortable, like I don't mean that in a negative way, but just, just like, let's take some steps today. Let's take some steps just to kind of line this front and say, Lord Jesus, I know you're coming. I want to be ready and I want to help make the world ready. I want to make my neighbors ready. I want to do it. I want to do my part. Come and do this while the song sings and then I'll lead us in a closing song. Let's do that now. Stand with us as we finish this service with worship. Jesus, we give you glory for today, God. We thank you so much for your birth. for whatever 
Lord, I just pray for the people here, Lord, and the next steps that they need to take with you, Father. Just pray for the encouragement over all these people, Lord. We thank you again, God, for just your son, Jesus, and dying on the cross for our sins. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now dismissed.